Hey, welcome to Get to Know an Average Joe. Because sometimes when you stop to ask a few questions, you learn incredible things about people. My undergraduate degree was in aeronautical engineering, which is aircraft design. My first memory was on a plane, and now my job takes me around the plane. I'm your host, Dodie Axelson. Reach me at Dodiax on Twitter and let me know what you think of these conversations. And let's get to know an average Joe. We're speaking with Gift Mutamba Mutasa. Did I say that correctly? Matemba Mutasa, so close. All right, so I bet a lot of people start by asking you about your first name, but let's start by asking you about your family name. Matemba Mutasa is a is actually two names. Matemba is my great-grandfather's name that he took on. Mutasa is the very original name which my dad basically requested that we add back. So now we have a hyphenated name. So what's the great-grandfather story? And your great-grandfather was in Zimbabwe. Correct. So my great-grandfather in Zimbabwe, his dad was a king. And Mutasa was his name. So you're royalty. You could say that. (laughs) I guess I better say that from now on, it looks like. (laughs) Yes. But uh, yes. So anyway, back in the 1800s, Mutasa was his name, Vumbi Mutasa. He's actually was king, even I don't know exact years, but had many wives. And his first wife gave birth to my great-great-grandfather. And they lived in an area called Mutare in Zimbabwe. But the issue was because he was the only male in that family with his mother, the other wives had many sons who were who threatened to kill him upon the death of my great-great-grandfather. And so my great-great-grandmother... Uh, decided to whisk him away when he was still, you know, maybe 18, 19 years old. And they moved to a different part of Zimbabwe, more central as opposed to eastern, and changed his name to Matemba. The kids of the second, third, fourth wives are the ones that are now on the throne. But I'm glad that happened because I'm here. So you wouldn't have wanted to be royalty? I would have, but not if it meant, you know, risking my great, great grandfather's life. So I don't think it's worth dying for. Is this a story that was important to your, to the generations in your family? Coincidentally, my cousin Mutasa, from the original, is the one who introduced me to my wife. (gasps) Yeah, so that's, you know, it kind of all comes together, it comes around. That's amazing. What about your first name then? When you grow up with a name like Gift... How does that affect your personality and the social, I mean, socializing around you? Do you think people treat you a certain way because you have a name like Gift? I think, yes, it it draws a lot of questions. And many first thing is when people ask me, they just can't believe it's Gift, especially in the U.S. Gift, they want to put a double F in there. There's, they're just not believing it's Gift. (laughs) Um, because it's so unique. Although in Zimbabwe and many parts of Africa, that name is not unique. Initially, I didn't like the name a whole lot. I liked my first name, you know, because Gift was my middle name. Right. I just and your first name is? Tafumane. Tafumane, which is in, in the Shona, the language that 
in Zimbabwe that I grew up. And uh, was that? How did you finally make peace with it then? If if you said at first you weren't so comfortable, you didn't like it. You know, when I started to think about the meaning, my understanding is my brother had played a role in it too. He was six years older than me, so I don't know at that age how he comes up with an you know the word gift, but. Um, I was a gift to my family. So as you reflect on the meaning, as you get older, you start to appreciate it. Do your siblings have names that are also full of meaning like yours? Yes. Uh, my oldest brother is Tendai, and that means be thankful. And then my younger sister, her name is Caroline. We've actually named my youngest daughter Tendai as well after my oldest brother's name. Have your children ever lived any length of time in Zimbabwe or always in the U.S.? Always in the U.S. They have visited Zimbabwe. So you grew up in Zimbabwe, and your first trip outside of Zimbabwe was when? How old were you? Well, actually, first trip was when I was much younger uh, to the U.K. So my dad was in school, and um, we followed. You were how old? I was two years old. We spent a year there. Things got a little challenging in terms of financially taking care of us and working. My mom was working and going to... Actually, she was just working full-time, but trying to take care of us. And my dad is working and going to school. A bit challenging. So you were two. Do you have real memories, or are these memories that have been told back to you? Yes. The, the first recollection was actually when I was about three years old, when they sent us to Tanzania. So we went to, which is East Africa, in East Africa. We went to Tanzania, you know, to make life a little easier for them. My uncle, my dad's older brother, and his wife, my aunt, graciously took us in so that as my dad was in his last year of college, finishing up in the United, in the UK. But I rec- recollect uh, a nurse, uh, this lady was friends with my mom, who was going to East Africa on holiday. So she took us. So we were on the same plane. That's the first recollection I have of anything happening in my life. I actually had not turned three. I was between two because I had my third birthday in Tanzania. So I, an airplane trip was one of your earliest memories. Yes, that was my earliest. And who knows? Who knew then that uh, I would be on the road quite a bit? Uh, how many miles do you clock a year? <laughs> You know, last year, not as much. This year, probably on pace to clock, it could be closer to 100,000, if not more, more than 100,000 miles this year. So is that... Not, a, is not that proud a, of that, though. Not so proud because of the life quality then right. that uh, right. that suffers. But is there a love of airplanes, or do you think of airplanes as a, a bus that is taking you from one location to another? You know, uh, my undergraduate degree was in aeronautical engineering, which is aircraft design. My first memory was on a plane, and now my job takes me around the plane. So, yeah, um, that is very interesting. Why did you choose to raise your family in the U.S.? Well, you know, we love America in terms of opportunity. Zimbabwe is a beautiful country, um, but not enough opportunities in terms of career advancement and so forth, and that's one of the major reasons I decided to move back to the United States. I had gone to school in the U.S., undergraduate, and really love, you know, as a, you know, it's difficult living outside of your home country, but the United States is a great place if you are going to live outside your home country. The people are fairly welcome. Um, 
we we consider it home. We have many friends who are from Zimbabwe who have become relatives, and obviously a lot of friends who are American uh, who are very close from college days to work. But you say there's a large Zimbabwean expat community. That is true. That is true. And why? Why? Because of the economic situation in Zimbabwe, many people, you know, unemployment is, I don't even think the numbers that they publish are even worth talking about or or even real. But people come to New York or people go to Los Angeles. Why are Zimbabweans gone to Minnesota? It's a beautiful place. And and this is probably not believable when you hear from, you know, you're talking to somebody from Zimbabwe where the weather is, where winter is mild and only two months long but um, Minnesota yes it gets cold but it is beautiful great schools many fortune 500 companies are headquartered there so a lot of jobs you're into strategy you are helping your business area formulate the correct strategy am I right correct correct what thrills you about strategy why is that the career you chose I have a curious mind and I'm very analytical. The reason I have a passion for strategy is I like to solve problems. So it, it, enta- it entails a lot of the things that I believe are my strengths. I like to interact with people. So talking to customers and really digging for insights, the, the issue of how do we grow in a highly competitive market, that is a problem to solve. And it involves a lot of research, a lot of analysis, a lot of deep critical thinking. Um, and so I see that as a, a, a strength as well as an area that I have a passion for. I could do this for free. Now, I do, I do have to earn <laughs> But a you living. don't. No, I don't. I do have to earn a living. But I, I just love it. I mean, in, in business school, my focus was around strategy as well. So when you were younger and you didn't quite know yet uh, and you found strategy is a focus area. What did that feel like? Was was there a click or did you just arrive uh, at strategy because of a particular professor or how did you find strategy? Yeah, so I, I think it, it all began with my desire to go beyond the scope of what I was working on. So as, a, as an engineer at uh, Hewlett-Packard, I was a process engineer developing processes, etc., did really well in that, but I always saw that I was solving problems but never understanding why. Why is it important for us to do this project versus that project? And that's when many of them would say, you really ought to be on the dark side, which is the marketing <laughs> side. You're so curious about how the business operates. Why do we make this decision? Why are we changing? Why are we reorganizing the company in this way? So I was going beyond the boundaries of what a process engineer does. So I said, okay, I'll go to business school. So I went to business school, graduated. And with while I was in business school, the passion built even more. And so I absolutely love it. I mean, now with Pentair, great organization, great company, I have uh, just you know the latitude to travel in multiple countries, talk to different customers. And, and feed that passion. Do you think your, your cultural background and your expat life in the U.S. now helps you answer why as you travel around and help, company, help your company figure out the right strategy in different parts of the world? Absolutely. Um, How? 
So when you think about strategy, there's the sort of nuts and bolts, the hard, you know, the questions you're asking customers in general in terms of, um, you know, what they need, what, how they win, the challenges they're facing, etc. And that informs a key part of the strategy. But again, with that intellectual curiosity and the cultural awareness, I also ask questions around why, around why do you know certain things happen politically beyond just what the customers are telling me? As I'm talking with people in these regions, I start to understand the culture as well. What the customers' needs are and all of that in a vacuum without fully understanding the culture, I believe a lot is lost. So even if every day is exciting and bringing new knowledge, what is your favorite day is that a personal day, a day off, or a work day? Which makes it a better day? You know, actually, I, I tend to appreciate the times that I get a chance to spend time with my family. So waking up in the morning, fixing breakfast for my family is a little bit of a ritual when I get a chance. Um, so whether that's a Saturday morning and... Uh, just relaxing, sitting down at the table with my three daughters, and they ask thousands of questions because I'm available during that time. Are they are they little strategists? Are they asking why? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> Beyond. Actually, it seems like, yeah, even the young one, the nine-year-old, uh, they'll ask, why is this and why that and why this? And, um, and we might do an activity, we might go out apple orchard or something like that not so my idea you know setting aside days on vacation in cancun or something like that where you have great days this is uh, i'm picking this one as sort of a, a regular day where you get to rest spend time with the family you might do one activity you might go see a movie together i would say that's a great day well i hope you get a great day soon when you fly home thank you very much for this conversation gift well, thank you so much, Dodian. Thanks for listening to Gifts Story. Next time, we'll talk to Becky Amy, a woman in leadership in a culture that doesn't always welcome powerful women. I thought coming to this region, I might have some difficulties in that way, and I haven't had any in any government meetings I've gone to, any corporate client meetings, not at all. That's next time on Get to Know an Average Joe. And now, if you'll excuse me,